Yes, um, good day. I like to um, start this um, segment out with giving some information to our community regarding the entrepreneurship. Where do you have to register your business? In the state of Florida, um, you can register your business at the website of sunbiz.org, S-U-N-B-I-Z dot org. And it's a host of information there that'll get you on the right track, whether you are a soul, a solar entrepreneur or you are an entrepreneur that's into job creation. And one of the most common uh, registrations people like to register their business under is the limited liability companies. You see it sometimes is displayed as LLC. So I will read a little bit about the limited liability company just to give you an idea of where you want to go. This is not the only one that you can register under, but this is one of the most common. So as properly structured, limited LLC combines the pass-through federal tax treatment of a partnership with the liability protection of a corporation. Thus, an organization that would otherwise organize as a general or a limited partnership or as an S corporation, if it met the requirements, will generally derive the most benefit from organizing as an LLC because it will have limited liability protection while retaining favorable partnership tax treatment. The so-called check-the-box regulation propagated by the Internal Revenue Service generally allow LLCs and partnerships that are not publicly traded to be taxed as flow-through entities unless, unless they elect to be taxed as corporations. The owners, referred to as the members on the application, of the LLC have no personal liability for the obligation of the LLC, but as it is also true for corporate directors and officers, members and managers still have personal liability for their individual acts and omissions in connection with the LLC business. Similarly, the members lose their limited liability for contracts if they fail to make it clear that the contracting party is the LLC. Thus, it is critical for persons acting on behalf of an LLC to make clear the capacity in which they are acting. For example, all stationary and business Cars used by managers and members of an LLC should include the name of the LLC and its status as a limited liability company if that is not clear from the name itself. In addition, as with officers of corporation, a member or manager of an LLC should execute contracts at all uh, business engagements. So I just read the information that's actually is at the corporate w website describing what's an LLC, the categories that you have to select from, and also it gives you an idea of how to go forward in your business contractual arrangements. So um, you can decide how you want to go forth if you're planning to have an entrepreneurship um, entity. And I wish you all the best of luck. Yeah, so now that I read this information to you, now we're going to get into the interview. And we're going to find out what Mr. Stokes have to say about uh, bank loans and how to get money for your startup and how to get money for your continuous business plans. So what do
do you have to say, Mr. Stokes? Good morning, beautiful people. This is Dr. Saba Baptiste here at WMNF uh, 88.5 FM. And we are going to continue our series on entrepreneurship. So far, we have gone from the angle of just getting our minds ready to be an entrepreneurship, um, to creating businesses. And also, we have had guests in, just to remind you of the Conan uh, Barbecue Restaurant out in Carver City. And so today, we want to get some more inside information on how do we get loans for our entrepreneur business how do we how do we prepare how do we once we submit the application once we complete it and submit the application what happens on the other side behind the scenes because sometimes we we hear a lot of things that black businesses do not get money we don't qualify and so um, we want to get a little bit of um, insight and so when I need to get insight I like to go to experts and hear what they have to say. And so today, I'm going to um, turn it over to uh, Mr. Curtis Stokes and hear what he has to say. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Saba. Uh, uh, again, thank you for the invitation to be here. Uh, my name is Curtis Stokes. I, am, I have a business called Searchwell Advisors. Uh, we help individuals buy and sell businesses and also arrange for financing uh, when it, at the time of purchase. Mm -hmm. I'm a 27-year banker in the Tampa Bay community. I uh, started uh, here in Tampa in 1992 with Great Western Bank and finished my career uh, in 2015 with Fifth Third Bank. Oh, great. So um, Mr. Stokes is definitely the right person to talk to. I, I think he has seen a lot of uh, applications come across his desk, and so and so he knows the back and forth and you know, the pull and push of this process. So I'm going to ask him a couple of questions, and, and he's going to um, basically um, share with us um, what he thinks could help us or identify some solutions. And so we're going to um, go through our first question. Who can apply and qualify for business loans? I think uh, anyone can apply. Uh, and qualify for a business loan. Mm -hmm. uh, there is criteria mm -hmm. uh, in the qualification of a business loan, which are quite different than the qualification for a personal loan. Mm -hmm. uh, business loans are somewhat unique uh, because you will need uh, tax returns and an EIN number uh, to qualify. And there's an in-time business requirement. Typically, they, uh, banks like for you to be in business a year and have at least... Uh, you know, a P&L on the balance sheet, or tax returns uh, dating back for that year that you were in business. So when we talk about just for anyone um, can qualify for a business loan who is actually in business, yes. who have started business, so when what is some of the things you think um, we need to know before we decide to uh, apply for a loan? What are some of those things that may happen? And also, before you go into that, can you please share with us, is there any special policy that the banks would have to say, you know, there's a, uh, a screening process that we may have before we allow that person to submit? <laughs> no, that's a, that's, that's a big myth that uh, banks don't loan money to African-Americans or Caucasians mm -hmm. or, or Hispanics, or that Indians come to, I apologize for that term, mm -hmm. come to the United States and they get preferential treatment. Mm -hmm. I think in the onset that commercial lenders and business bankers have goals where they have to produce a certain amount of uh, loan volume a year, per year, I think if you qualify, uh, they're trying their best to get you the loan uh, from an institution. And uh, to answer your first question, uh, to qualify, when you're, when you're looking for a business loan, the first thing you should do is, uh, is, is gather all your financial information, uh, your tax returns. Uh, make sure that you have an EIN number. Uh, you can get that from IRS.gov. Uh, make sure that your um, LLC uh, is paid, that you're, you're up to date with that. 
uh, talk to your banker. Uh, make sure that what you're what you're asking for that he or she can do. If you have a business that does about does two hundred thousand dollars a year, you're not going to get a hundred thousand dollar line of credit. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So usually, usually it's it's twenty percent of uh, your annual revenue on a, mm-hmm. on a working capital line of credit uh, to help you uh, do things like buy materials, buy uh, it's for for working capital mm-hmm. things. So it's 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 in. I always tell small businesses this. When you get a deposit, don't just go to the drive-through to make a deposit. Uh, get out of the car and go inside the bank and build a rapport with the bank staff. Uh, make sure they, they know that you exist when you make your deposit. Uh, make, make it intentional to say hi and let them know that you're in business. Because when it comes to when, it, when you need that working capital line of credit, now you have an advocate, and uh, they, they see you making a deposit. When you need a $20,000 line of credit or $50,000 line of credit, that bank manager or that personal banker is going to be your personal advocate because now they know SABA. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've dealt with SABA, mm-hmm. and SABA seems like a, a, a perfect credit risk uh, for, for him to advocate for that loan. Even, even, sometimes, even if you're on the borderline, even an advocate from that that personal bank or that bank manager, if you're on the borderline, that advocate may be able to push you across. Oh, that's that's very good information. So um, what I hear you saying is that there's criterias, but the extra could be just building that rapport with that banker and that they know that you're an actual person and that you can build relationship and we trust you right. over the years, right? right. Okay, that's, that's really good information. I think... That's information people maybe miss. Right, you know? because we, bankers, we always have this thing called the three C's, mm-hmm. credit, collateral, collateral mm-hmm. and uh, character. Mm-hmm. That's the character part mm-hmm. of the three C's. Uh, they have to know that Car- uh, Saba has good character. Mm-hmm. I've met her. Mm-hmm. I've talked to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she comes in. She makes her deposits. She mm-hmm. seems like a great person. Mm-hmm. So if she's, if the debt's, uh, debt coverage ratio is of, uh, to get the loans of 1.3, and Saba has a 1.27, mm-hmm. they're going to advocate for Saba because they know Saba. Okay. Okay. Very good information. Wow. That's good. So <clears throat> I'm going to go to the next question. What are the steps to take before approaching the loan? I think we went over that pretty much. Um, uh, an entrepreneur should take when preparing for a bank loan. Is there anything else you want to add to that? I think the preparation, you have to... Uh, if you're, when you're going into the business, you know, I'm not a, a huge advocate of uh, writing business plans. I mean, mm-hmm. A lot of individuals say, Saba, write a business plan. Mm-hmm. Tell me why you want to be in business. Mm-hmm. Uh, do projections. I think that those things are important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you want to have those things in the back of your mind when you go inside a bank because those are questions they're going to ask, mm-hmm. especially when you, get your, when you get ready to do a small business administration loan, an SBA loan. Uh-huh. You're going to need a business plan. You're going to need projections. You're going to need three years of uh, taxes. Uh, you're going to need uh, P&L statements. You're going to need balance sheets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to need all those things. Mm-hmm. And, and the application is about 10 pages long. Mm-hmm. And make sure that the uh, tax returns that you give the bank mm-hmm. are the same tax returns that you file with the IRS. Okay. It sounds funny, <laughs> but, but it, it happens. It does. You, you okay. know, we, you know we, always, we always have a joke that's, Three sets of tax returns, the ones you give to the bank, the ones you give to your wife. <laughs> but because the, because the bank does, they do verify okay. the uh, tax returns mm-hmm. that you give them, Okay, the ones you give to the IRS. So with the tax returns, is it the, the current year or within that three years? Because some people... Um, yeah. Right now, we're in February of 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2022 tax returns may not be complete. Yes. But you may want to make sure you have 2021s mm-hmm. complete. Okay. And 2020 and 2019. Okay. Okay. That's three consecutive yeah. years. And sometimes you, no one likes to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. So if there's a loss on your tax returns, mm-hmm. you're showing a loss, most banks that'll disqualify you for a small business loan because that you can't show a loss and get a loan over the previous three years. Okay. So okay. you may have to bite the bullet and prepare yourself for a, for a working capital loan uh, in 2023 or 2024 and make sure that 2021, 22, and 23 
show a positive net income. Okay. Okay, that's really good information. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> what roles do banks or financial institutions play to ensure a fair lending opportunity occurs for black people? And I don't that- think, yeah, I don't think there's anything specifically for black people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do have what they call CRA. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's just to make sure the banks are lending and investing and servicing uh, in minor in minority area, in minority areas, mm-hmm. and and that that's changed so much, and the enforceability has changed so much, depending on who's in office, mm-hmm. uh, pres- presidential wise, if it's Trump or is it Biden, mm-hmm. about how that's enforced. Uh, but banks do have a a responsibility to make sure that they're lending in CRA areas. Mm-hmm. I'll give I'll give you an example of how that's uh, selectively enforced or selectively. Will you tell the uh, public what is CRA? Uh, man, I knew you were going to you ask me that. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Uh, I'll get, I'll get, okay. it'll, it'll come to me. Okay. Sure. okay. <laughs> but you take downtown Tampa is in a, uh, mm-hmm. a CRA. Mm-hmm. So if Fifth Third loans money to a uh, to build a building in downtown Tampa, mm-hmm. that counts for CRA credit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> As okay. opposed to uh, we're here on, on Martin Luther King uh, at the WMNF building, if we're in a CRA area, mm-hmm. if they loan a, give a, uh, a grant to the, the Saunders Foundation for WMNF, mm-hmm. that's an investment in a CRA area. Okay. So all that counts okay. uh, for CRA credit. Okay. Is that... Um, Community, Community Reinvestment Act. Okay. Community <laughs> Reinvestment Act. Okay. Yes. So is that... And so whatever is in that... Uh, arena or in that geographic area, that would be a place that they would kind of target to make sure they put funding in there? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. And so if that's the case, would it be um, loaning money to a government agency? Or no, it would be individual? loaning money to, it would be individuals, businesses. Okay. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll think that Last year, when Fifth Third committed, I think it was $13 million to the CDC mm-hmm. of Tampa, mm-hmm. that's considered an investment in the community. Okay. And uh, Ernest Coney and his group at CDC, mm-hmm. they, you know, they'll work with Fifth Third and how they uh, distribute that either through services, through job training, mm-hmm. uh, lending, uh, through uh, their partners with uh, home ownership, mm-hmm. uh, partnership with the Black Business Investment Corporation to loan business money to uh, black businesses. Okay. And so how do you... How do you keep up with that kind of information? Where's that information posted? And um, how do we know how the money was spent in that community? Uh, you can go to, you can, you can go online uh, mm-hmm. to um, the OCC, Office of, of Currency, mm-hmm. and it'll give you the bank CRA um, profile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you can see how the banks are graded okay. uh, by the Federal, Federal Reserve and how, okay. how the banks are, are graded. Oh, I, I think I'm asking for that $13 million you mm-hmm. said. How was it dispersed in oh, that CRA community? Where do you go? Yeah, that, that, that's how uh, however Ernest Coney and his group decides mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. invest that money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. They'll put, I think they do a very good job of putting on an annual report at okay. the CDC. Okay, annual and report. Uh-huh. You'll be able to see how they uh, partner with Fifth Third to okay. uh, invest that money. Into that CRA community. Yes. Okay. Very good. Okay. Good. Okay. Um, this is kind of redundant, but we in the community tend to think there's like a formula or a ratio um, when it comes to looking at various groups in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say um, when we talk about minority business, we talk about um, women, white women business, um, Latino uh, business and Latino Latino women, and then black um, male and female businesses. And so I was privy to a report that kind of shows that the black um, entrepreneurship or black businesses was flat. It was static. Mm-hmm. And then um, directly over it um, was white businesses, white female gender businesses, was exponential, like three to four times over the black 
businesses. And then right below that was the Hispanic business. And this report I saw was called a crystal report. Mm -hmm. And so um, being the group that has the most disparities and not comparing ourselves to anyone, but we we in our community, we have at least um, the last regional report where 23% in poverty, which is higher than any other group. And we are not the largest group because the largest group of a minority would be the Hispanics, which is in this area about 30, 32, 34%. Um, and we're around... Um, I think we're around 15, 15 to 16 percent, somewhere like that. So my question would be, um, who in the community um, job or jobs to grow or motivate um, entrepreneurship? Who's who's in these fields of growing entrepreneurship in the black community? Who is responsible <laughs> for that? I don't think I don't think it's anyone's responsibility, Saba, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm to grow entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. I think being an entrepreneur is a mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a uh, it's a belief in yourself that you mm-hmm. can go out and do something better than what you've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can create a better widget mm-hmm. than the next than the next person. Right. Um, so I don't think it's my responsibility or your responsibility to try and grow entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think that class of individuals are different when you look at African Americans or Hispanics or, or Caucasians mm-hmm. because it's what they've seen their father do or their uncle do or a or, or close family friend do mm-hmm. that they may want to become entrepreneurs or creators of a, of a product or make something better or bigger or expand on something that already exists. Great. And, and a lot of it is, like you said, family legacy too, right? right. A lot of it is. Um, Okay, um, the reason why that's an interesting question for um, me and I hope for the community is that, you know, we have this title of being very innovative, right. um, um, very creative in, mm-hmm. in, in what we do from day to day, um, but we kind of fall short when it comes to the business aspect of right. taking all of that creativity and making it work for the community, and that would be creating jobs, sharing ideas, and building um, industries. Um, so a lot of us are under the impression that it's kind of like the Urban League um, out there to get monies to bring in jobs and also foster ingenuity. And um, it's kind of like the things that are in our community. Like, for instance, we don't have grocery stores mm-hmm. in our community. That that seems like a simplicity type of um, situation, but um, it, it doesn't happen that way. You know, if a store pops up in our community, it doesn't have fresh fruit, fresh vegetables. Right. It have all canned products. So... The essential things that entrepreneurs um, would be able to come into that space to um, grow these businesses of um, fresh fruit, fresh vegetable in a in a in a uh, market in a grocery store, it's not happening. And so we don't really have the essentials in our community, and the essentials mean in fostering entrepreneurship. Right. I think. It's happening, but it's just not happening by African Americans. Right. That's <laughs> um, right. Right. You know, I have a friend, and we 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 talk about this subject a lot mm-hmm. about investing and being in business in the community. Mm-hmm. Everyone sees the value of uh, black dollars, except other black people. Right. Um, but you know, when you when you talk about being in business, you know, is we are creative. We are. Uh, we we are intuitive when it comes to doing things, mm-hmm. but we like that though that technical expertise mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, being in business mm-hmm. or or seeking uh, the resources necessary to help us build and grow upon our ingenuity. Right. Uh, we won't. I mean, there's specific things that Albert Lee does at the Tampa Bay Black Business Investment Corporation where they have a catch class. Uh, to teach entrepreneurship, but it takes you through all the 
the circles of uh, the things of, about being in business, mm-hmm. we don't we don't seek those things out mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. to uh, to get better at what we do. I mean, a lot of times we're we're satisfied with just laying brick mm-hmm. and the labor of laying brick, as opposed to building the business of being uh, a, a, a concrete company. So, but it but it takes uh, mentorship, uh, access to capital. Uh, and access to technical expertise to help uh, that black African-American business or black-owned business uh, get further. Yeah, that, that technical expertise. Um, at one time in history, um, black people had all the technical expertise. Right. So as a person... Um, with a lot of knowledge and, and with a lot of um, opportunities to read about things, what happened to all of those expertise? What happened to those <laughs> skills that think, translate I, into money? I think uh, I, I think it became a stigma to take a shop class to learn how to lay brick or to be a mechanic uh, or to do things like that. Every everyone's not college material. Mm-hmm. So, but but it, you you became stigmatized or labeled uh, when you didn't want to go to college. You wanted to be a, a brick mason or a mechanic or a carpenter or iron worker. So we have to get back to that uh, right. because those are where the entrepreneurs come from. Right. I have a uh, a guy that we uh, we smoke cigars together. He has a plumbing company, mm-hmm. uh, a Caucasian guy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a college degree, mm-hmm. uh, never went to junior college, doesn't have an A degree, mm-hmm. but he's a plumber. Mm-hmm. And now uh, he has uh, 30 trucks, <laughs> um, but he's a plumber by trade. So he's doing well. and But he's, he has a 30-truck plumbing company. Uh, but we've stigmatized the guy that says, you know, Mom, I don't want to go to school. Dad, I'm... I'm not. I don't. I'm not college material. I want to be a plumber. Mm-hmm. You know, we do everything we can to force him to go to go to college. Right. When a, a technical a technical degree is just as just as good. So, what happened to that message? I mean, so it seems like we've been disconnected for what last two. And, or three. And, I, and I think they. I think when I when I came through high school, there was you always had shop. Uh, you always had we called it in one firm they call it West Tech, where you could you could train to be a carpenter or a hairdresser or something like that. But they slowly start taking those things away from schools, and I don't know if it's by this grand scheme that they uh, took the took that skill set away from us to be drywallers and brick masons and hairdressers and things like that, and roofers and things like that. They took that they 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 made that. Almost as if you were a second class person, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, but all the ones, all the entrepreneurs are coming from, coming from other countries. They don't see that as second class work. They see that as expertise. Under, yeah, expertise. Yes. yes. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you got all, all the, the the immigrant guys, or they're they're mowing the lawns, they're doing the roofing, they're laying the brick, they're doing all the things that we used to do, but they're doing it now. Right, and they're actually using that as to uh, elevate to entrepreneurs yeah, and, exactly. and, and, and bring jobs into their community, mm-hmm. whereas we have um, college degrees. We are very college-degreed, <laughs> <Right. laughs> but, but we don't have businesses and we don't own a lot. And, and I think when you, you talk about the college degree, those are the ones— that a lot that should be taking a risk to to go into business, but society has made it safe to get a paycheck every two weeks and try and uh, survive from that paycheck. They've mm-hmm. they've made that the status quo is to be comfortable to be comfortable with that paycheck that right. you receive. Right. Right. Uh, uh, so it, the term laborer. Um, tend to elevate to our entrepreneurs. Right. And and that's what um, I think is the conversation. We're not having enough conversations about that. And then now over the last couple of years, now we interjected technology in there. Mm-hmm. And so we built another layer 
of you must know technology right. in order to go into the future, um, kind of like the fourth um, revolution, right. you know, first industrial you, revolution. You think about the jobs for the future, you don't need a college education. Exactly. And unless, you, unless you're going to college to be a lawyer or a doctor or something of that realm, uh, you can go to a technical college uh, and get a, a, college, a, a computer engineering degree, uh, learn to do roofing, carpentry, brick mason. It, without spending a four years in, in a, on a college campus, right, and 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 you see that happening. Um, I I had a student that was eighteen years old. He dropped out of school to become a house painter. I'm not I'm not endorsing dropping out of school, <laughs> but um, what he now does is he's um, probably making. He has ten employees and two trucks, right, and he's not a high school. Uh, graduate, but he also he also have an engineering uh, online degree with um, software engineering, taking right. courses and getting mm-hmm. endorsed by colleges. You right. know, so um, there's various ways to take control of your own destiny. Um, but again, I'm not endorsing dropping out of school, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying that some people take different pathways right. to get what right. they want. And I, and I think we, we need to embrace, as African-Americans, we need to embrace that different paths mm-hmm. that we should take uh, to succeed. Because everyone's success, my success is not your success. Right. And your success is my success. Yes. I mean, you're a doctor, mm-hmm. PhD doctor. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But th- that's your path to success. Mm-hmm. And we need to embrace that. Yeah. I, I think it's a place for every opportunity, every career field, right, to um, elevate our communities. And and I think we that's what we really need to do is elevate our communities and and look at the ratio of what we have in our community, you know, that helps us to generate jobs. Because when we look at these young uh, uh, youth that's coming out of high school or college or both, you know, when we look at them, um, they need to be gainfully employed. They need to be able to afford a lifestyle that will help them take care of families and help them build communities. And, for me, I think looking at the landscape, it kind of starts with every individual. Right. What you want to contribute to your community, how you want to help your family, how you want to help your community to elevate. Right. And so um, I personally saw entrepreneurship as a path to do that because what I noticed is that when you can provide jobs, the right kind of jobs and paying them a living wage, then you actually give a new facelift to the community. You mm-hmm. you 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 bring additional uh, resources, and they also reach back and bring somebody with them. And that's right. what I see entrepreneurship doing if we can get it started and get it done correctly. Right, I agree. Yes. So um, over the last five years. Do you think the Tampa Bay area, especially Tampa, is progressive for black entrepreneurs compared to Latino small businesses? I think there's, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity in the Tampa Bay area for African-American businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think it, I think the opportunity is only going to grow uh, as we get further and further along in 2024 and 2025 and 2026. Mm-hmm. There's going to be more opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I think what we need to do or, or, or is to start to look at those industries where we're not uh, or where we uh, where small numbers of us that exist and look at how do we grow those businesses. Mm-hmm. If, if there's a, a print shop, uh, how, do, how do we help that print shop grow beyond where he or she currently is? How do we help them get better? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, and same thing with other industries, uh, brick masons or a roofer. Mm-hmm. How do we help that business grow uh, with technical expertise or uh, access to capital? How do we help that person grow that business to the next level? And I think that's going to be our challenge going forward is how do we, how do we assist that? Okay. So are we talking about existing businesses and new businesses? I think both. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if my son or your daughter – uh, want to be new entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. we need to make sure that we prepare them 
to be entrepreneurs because it's, it's hard to have an idea, jump out there, and be successful. You have the, uh, at the University of South Florida, they have the Small Business Development Center mm-hmm. uh, that offer classes to help you get going in that direction that you want to be mm-hmm. as a young entrepreneur or, or a young entrepreneur uh, going, trying to get to the next level or, or break into the, the field of entrepreneurship. Okay, so um, at USF they have the Small Business Administration. Is that what we're referring yeah, uh, to? Yeah, uh, the Small Business Development Center. Okay. SBDC. Okay, so um, where do you see, uh, and this is what we're trying to do, talk about black businesses since we have this huge divide in terms of bringing, having enough income to take care of our families, having enough income to buy property or to, you know, to elevate ourselves. Um, how do you see um, this playing out in the next election? Because, you know, like you said, um, elections um, have consequences. Right. And they also um, reset things in, su- in mm-hmm. such a way because, you know, either we have a new president or we have we we keep the existing president, but regardless, there are going to be new policies. There are going to be um, new um, opportunities. So it's a reset time. So right. what do what do you see in terms of the forecast when we where we from where we are now and how it will look once right. we have a new president or a, <laughs> or new policies? I should say. I think African American unemployment is at its lowest level. Since the nineteen early nineteen seventies. Okay. Uh, so, from an unemployment standpoint, African Americans are doing well. Mm-hmm. But voting is one of the most selfish things that you can do as an individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've definitely, uh, I don't say they, but uh, one part. Well, not to get into politics, but right. uh, one party has definitely made it more difficult to uh, to vote mm-hmm. or tried to make it more difficult to vote with mm-hmm. gerrymandering and. Requiring specific types of ID and mm-hmm. closing voting voting places, et cetera, et cetera. So, but we have to make sure that we in, we are engaged in the process of of voting. Right. Make sure that we're registered to vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure that we are active in organizations that uh, get voter turnout up, mm-hmm. because as 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 African Americans, the individuals that fought to get us to this right to vote, and we have to make sure we take advantage of it because no matter how they gerrymander the districts or how they try and tell you how many bubbles in a, a jar, a bar of soap, if we turn out in droves to, to vote, you can't deny uh, what, what we're trying to create. And as far as the 2024 election, you have to vote your interest. Uh, you have to vote your interest. And if uh, you got one party that says that the average, I mean, th- think about it. The average, the average lifespan of African-American is 70, 71 years old. We're 71. And now they want to raise the age of Social Security where you and I can get Social Security to 70 years old and 72 in some cases. So that means if we retire at 70, we get one year to enjoy our retirement <laughs> savings. <laughs> so there's, there's one party that's just that's pushing that idea that they want to raise the retirement limit. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely not in your best interest to do. Right. So, uh, so we got to make sure we vote our interest. I think that is such a wonderful, wonderful advice. I, matter of fact, this is about the entrepreneurship <coughs> business, but that's what business is about, doing things that work for you. It is right. the most selfish action you can take because but collectively you'll find out that everybody wants a better life you cannot vote emotional and business is not emotional it's it's really about technical skills it's really about leadership it's really about seeing for the future Mm -hmm. and um what we now are sitting in the middle of i think most people uh, want to vote their interests, but they don't necessarily have an interest, you know, yeah. because they tend to vote emotional. And emotional right. um, looks terrible the day after elections. Right. And and so 
Um, with that being said, um, you said something that was very key. You must go out and engage in the process. Right. How do you engage in the business process of politics to um, get an idea or get the funding put in your community from banks or or agencies like you mentioned right how do you how do you have that agenda on the table right and how do you look at it when it comes time for you to make a decision well, I think when you when you're looking at politicians to to vote for whether they be city council county commission state house uh, state senate mm-hmm. or uh, the presidency is their approach on small business uh, mm-hmm. make sure you do your research mm-hmm. on those individuals who are promoting uh, entrepreneurship, promoting uh, small business, making sure that there's a robust uh, minority business enterprise uh, ordinance in that mm-hmm. community, in your community. Making sure that um, that person in that in a leadership position, uh, making sure that African American firms, uh, women-owned firms, are are being taken serious when it comes to uh, getting opportunity in that municipality or that state or that federal contract. Mm-hmm. And, and those are things that you'll learn by asking questions to those politicians uh, as they come come seek your vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be very specific, very attentive of how you ask that question. Yes, um, that's that's true. And I think, um, do you think the black community have done a good job of that, um, holding, um, <laughs> holding politicians um, who are in, in the business realm, and, and that's where we want to stay. Have we, as a, a community of people, done a really good job of holding them accountable for small businesses and or services that help um, bring income into our community? You know, I would give us a, a C on a grading scale from A to F. I would give us a C. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we have uh, politicians have come into the community and promised us a lot, mm-hmm. uh, but hasn't necessarily delivered. Mm-hmm. Uh, either that be Democrats and Republicans, both both uh, mm-hmm. come into the community every four years, every two years, and promises promise us a lot, uh, but they don't necessarily uh, deliver on those promises. Right, and those are the things that we have to become cognizant of cognizant of as we uh, consider consider voting again mm-hmm. is who kept their promise to us uh, who uh, who didn't just come and say you know feed us words and not deliver for us yeah so um, that is also a very interesting comment uh, since we have to look into the future, and we know that the future is going to be more global than mm-hmm. ever before. Right. Um, because um, I was listening at the, the GDP for China, and mm-hmm. China is actually is, is out there. They're the superpower now because their, their economy is 20% more um, GDP than ours. Right. So they're like number one in terms of the economy. And so because of that, they have um, their influence is all over the world. It's um, it's all over the world now. They're they're heavily. We know they're heavily into Africa business, and mm-hmm. this is this is another business model that they're utilizing. And then now they're very saturated in the Caribbean. Right. Um, so they are the first to get there, and they're the first to um, initiate business with all of. Um, these um, diaspora communities, including Brazil as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are being forced to look at business as it, whether it's um, entrepreneurship or global, we're being forced to look at business as a whole, as an everyday entity. And with that fact on the table, where where do we get in? How do we um, up our game because our game is not really. We still are the laborers. Mm-hmm. We're still doing the work, um, and we're still in. It's a global. We're still experiencing poverty as well, and we still have these. Um, we have sprinkled people like um, billionaires, millionaires, but we don't have um, the 
entity or the business enterprise to say that we're establishing ourselves and we're employing our people? I think with the advent of the internet, internet, uh, the internet, Amazon, Etsy, uh, shop.com, all these, mm-hmm. it's opened up our entire universe of what we could be as entrepreneurs. I did a, uh, I sold a store in Sun City Center. A young lady had a dollar store. She shut the dollar store down and we sold it mm-hmm. because she said she was making more money selling party supplies on through Amazon, sitting at her kitchen table, than she was making at a brick-and-mortar dollar store. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm an old guy, so mm-hmm. that, I, that took a few days for me to think about that, <laughs> right? So she, I said, you're selling party supplies on in Amazon, making doing 25000 a month at your kitchen table, as opposed to having a store, a, a, a storefront. She said, yeah. And no employees, didn't have to worry about anybody showing up late, mm-hmm. didn't have to worry about anybody stocking shelves. Mm-hmm. She, she was doing 25000 a month with her uh, by herself through Amazon. So the world has gotten bigger. But I think uh, as, as, as we look more into how do we, uh, how, how, what products can we sell? Uh, through Amazon or through the internet, through Etsy, and mm-hmm. all these places that allow you to sh- to sit here uh, at your kitchen table and sell product to someone in in Africa mm-hmm. or in, in in China or in, in Denmark. Right. Uh, right. There, I mean, it, it's 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 kind of leveled the playing field mm-hmm. because if, if 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 you and I start selling rubber flags, the guy that buys wants to buy a rubber flag for his next J six mm-hmm. thing. He doesn't know if we're black or white. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> that's true. So that's true. That's that's how it, the, the internet. It's 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 kind of leveled it, the opportunities for us in a in a way. Okay, great. That's that's a really good um, answer to that. So we're gonna just we got a couple of minutes, so we're gonna go ahead and start talking about some solutions. Sure. Okay. Okay. With the understanding. Um, small black businesses have many internal external challenges. Can what can we, uh, what can be done to level the playing field? And that we just kind of talked about that, um, the Amazon concept, um, being behind the scenes and and selling the business. But I also want to know if you have any additional ways that help us to go with minimum asset, and maybe necessarily not going to the bank and getting a loan? What can we do um, to increase that entrepreneurship spirit? But I I also like to address that that lady sitting at the table, she's not an entrepreneur. She's a small business. Solopreneur. Right, right. (laughs) So um, the point that I'm trying to articulate and also get us on board with creating jobs in mm-hmm. that process, too. So could you please um, share what you think is a, a different strategies and different ways to do that? I think you're on it, Saba. Uh, I think you have to do more uh, podcasts mm-hmm. like this, mm-hmm. interviews like this, mm-hmm. uh, bring in more entrepreneurs mm-hmm. who uh, are very are successful. Mm-hmm. Because I think the more people hear it, mm-hmm. uh, they know the more they realize it exists right, and the more they want to do it. Right. Um, and, and and bring in experts from the Small Business Development Center at USF. Okay. Uh, bring in uh, guys that do technical expertise like Albert Lee at the Tampa Bay Black Business Investment Corporation. Okay. So I think the more people hear it, mm-hmm. the more uh, it gets out there, and the more you do what you're doing mm-hmm. uh, to get the word out, the oh. better it'll become. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Um, those are some good things to follow, and it, it is um, – Basically, if you hear it, maybe you can do it, you know, right. if you um, train yourself to do it. Um, so let's um, what happens and, and what happens if a bank do not approve your loan? What because, you know, those things do happen. Right. Okay. I, I think if, if, if you get a de- decline letter from the bank, uh, 
the first thing you should do is ask why. Mm-hmm. Why was I declined? Okay. Uh, is it uh, is it a credit issue? Was it a debt coverage ratio issue? Mm-hmm. Uh, was it my in business? I uh, wasn't in business long enough. Uh, but the, the banker the banker will generally tell you why you weren't able to get approved. They're not okay. gonna. I mean, it, I can guarantee you ten out of ten is not gonna be because you're black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can okay. guarantee you That's that. Good. That's uh, good. Mm-hmm. But there's some reason why mm-hmm. that that you uh, weren't able to get approved. Uh, and then you, maybe you were asking for too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're doing, I mean, like I said, 20, you, you're generally on a line of credit, you're generally going to get 20% of what your, what your revenue is. Right. Okay. If you're doing a hundred thousand, you may get 15 to 20,000 okay. on, on a line of credit. Okay. So I want to go back to that question cause that, uh, about the brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting concept there. <laughs> So have you experienced that more people are giving up the brick and mortar to be online and have a home business? Because, um, you know, you see a lot of the stores, like, for instance, um, Barnes & Noble on Del Mabry is moving to the International Mall. Right. Right. And so um, they're moving where the traffic is, basically. So how have you seen business change um, over the years um, aligned with technology and online shopping? I think from what I've seen, I think businesses have gotten uh, smaller, more lean, Mm -hmm. uh, because you can do more things through the Internet. Mm -hmm. You can outsource uh, different things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't need a a staff person. I don't need a staff accountant. I can Mm -hmm. outsource an accountant Mm -hmm. or a bookkeeper. I don't need a uh, in, uh, person on staff that does web design. I mm-hmm. can outsource so web design. Mm-hmm. So there really only needs to be me <laughs> and a couple of salespeople in the office. And every, I mean, you could outsource uh, secretarial services. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you, because ex- payroll is your biggest controllable expense in a business. Mm-hmm. And the less people you have on payroll, the better your cash flow will be if you if you have sales coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh so uh, then businesses have gotten wise that way. And, uh, you, and and everyone's side hustle is on Etsy and Amazon and mm-hmm. how do you do more things on the Internet without a, a lot of employees. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so you've seen that shift. You've seen it yes. gone from, let's say, 30 employees. Now we got maybe 10. 10. And, and I've seen a lot of people that are employed, a lot of friends that are employed in corporate America, their side hustle Mm-hmm. is on the internet. Mm-hmm. They use that third car garage as a storage for the product they're selling mm-hmm. uh, through the internet. Okay, okay. And and but, and but you still can be an entrepreneur, uh, but it's just a smaller company. Right. Okay, right. okay, got you. Okay, so those are some ideas, so please take some notes. Um, okay, so... Could black entrepreneurship be one of the answers to the high unemployment rate in the black community? I think so. Uh, but once we have to get them scaled up so they can employ uh, individuals, mm-hmm. uh, make sure that we introduce them to bankers, uh, mm-hmm. CPAs, and make mm-hmm. sure that the financials are in order, mm-hmm. uh, and prepare them to go to the bank to, uh, to borrow so they could uh, grow and hire uh, African Americans or Okay, uh, Hispanics. Okay. To grow. Okay. So, um, podcast is one of the good ways to get the information out. Keep talking about it. So, podcast with what else? I think the BBIC does Tampa Bay Black Business Investment Corporation have these collaborative mixers. Mm-hmm. I think you have to build a networking uh, part of what you do as a small business. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mentor told me once, he said, Curtis, people have to know you exist. Mm-hmm. You could be the best banker in the world, but if no one knows that you're, you're there, you're just another good banker. Right. But people have to know you exist. You have to go out. You have to seek uh, opportunities to introduce yourself, introduce your business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, get, you know, he said, Curtis, you know, you go into, you know, to give 30 business cards and you go into this event, you should walk out with 30 no, none of your own cars and 30 different cars of everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so I've used that mm-hmm. uh, as a mantra to, to try to get out and introduce myself to, to different, uh, for different opportunities that exist. 
Okay. Because if Saba doesn't go out and introduce herself, no one knows who Saba is. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, great. So, okay, so um, how do we bring the would-be entrepreneur to the, to a, an event or a networking or conversation? Because, you know, they're walking out there. They're out there, but they don't know that right. they actually could be an entrepreneur. Right. I think I think there's you have you you, so you can subscribe to Eventbrite mm-hmm. and most tickets or to events are on Eventbrite right now mm-hmm. and you can, you you'll know what events are going on there may be a fundraiser for a political fundraiser mm-hmm. uh, those are generally free mm-hmm. or or if you give a politician a small donation mm-hmm. uh, that's an excellent opportunity to go and meet and greet people mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that you don't necessarily know right uh, at a political fundraiser or there may be a volunteer event at the Tampa Museum of Art or at the mm-hmm. Tampa Bay History Center, yes. for you the opportunity for you to get get out and meet people, to introduce yourself and tell them what your business is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that a lot, you know, when I, when I was young, there wasn't an event bright. You had to work, it was email, right? Or uh, or you have to align yourself with a mentor that says, "Hey, Saba, there's this this is going on over here. Why don't you come join me?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's how that's how I was trained to get my my, my name out. Okay, so. Um it's still important to be in the community and try to um, talk business or talk entrepreneurship. I think in our black community, though, I, I don't think business is, 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 is one of those common topics uh, because, or because, entrepreneurship. Because, because it's not cool. You know, I mean, uh, when you, it's not cool to talk business. You know, they don't talk African-American. They don't talk about it on TV a lot or on the radio a lot. So you have to make it cool to be in business. You have to make it interesting uh, that we sit around and as opposed to talking about the football game or the basketball game, we're talking about how many, how much revenue did you do last year or how can I help you grow your business. We have to make those things cool. Okay. Okay, that's very good. Um, that's like one of my favorite subjects, business entrepreneurship, because mm-hmm. – um, it matters to me right. how, what kind of livelihood I can um, yeah. create for myself. So we're getting ready to wind down, and I, I want I want you to probably just put in your your summation in terms of where all of this information, you know, lay out the steps and 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 just give us our marching orders, basically. <laughs> well, Saba, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for this opportunity to uh, talk to you mm-hmm. on your podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, uh, it's, 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 not, it's, it's, it's easy to say you're an entrepreneur, but you have to make sure that you, you, you do it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, seek the advice of an attorney or a, a friend that's who's in business, a CPA, yes. to make sure that you're doing things right. Because as a banker, uh, the first thing they're going to ask is, uh, can I see your financials? Mm-hmm. And that's where that CPA friend comes in handy because they'll help you get your balance sheet and your P&L statements together. Uh, your lawyer friend will help you draft a LLC or a mm-hmm. corporation mm-hmm. and make sure you get an operating agreement. Mm-hmm. And the mentor friend will help you go out and introduce your business to, to do business development. Mm-hmm. So just make sure you got a, a, your circle is complete. Uh, that's what I would recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, your mentor, your banker friend, your mentor friend, your CPA friend. Just make sure that circle is, is complete. Mm-hmm. And then once uh, that circle is complete, uh, go out and knock on doors. And can't be afraid to knock on doors or pick up the phone and, and call and say, well, this is Saba. This is what I do. And uh, can I come meet with you uh, to talk about my business? Mm-hmm. Very good. So I, I would like to just thank Say thank you to Mr. Curtis Stokes for being here today. He's he's obviously experienced, and he has shared a lot of knowledge, and I hope that we um, listen and pick up the mantle because we got to create jobs in the black community. we we got to solve our own problems. So I hope um, this information has been very helpful. And if um, you want to know more about this, um, you can contact me here at Fire and Ice Podcast. And maybe we can um, come out and uh, discuss um, creating more businesses and being an entrepreneur. So um, Fire and Ice would like to thank you for listening and 
have a good day. Thank you. Many times I've been told that I should go, but they don't know what we got, baby. They may not see the love in you, but love I do. And I'll stay right here. Mm. Sweet, sweet, baby. Life is crazy, but there's one.